it you know what you get a day to yourself just kind of just nice. chilling and resetting just that's the, the word reset, i was gonna say it was button. a nice reset because yeah. you're not on your phone you're not you're really having to calm down and just take a look around of, uh, at the world so. yeah yeah you don't realize how long an eight-hour day is until you sit on your ass <laughs> for eight hours in a row actually more than that like but, yeah. everybody, everybody in their cubicles like yeah never never done that before <laughs> all right well let's get back to our work and uh let's get you playing your favorite game guess the guest <laughs> that's not the right way. wow i was promised that brian redid the whole computer today I did. no I just, technical uh, difficulties right. and buttons are hard buttons are hard let's try again back to ben's favorite game <laughs> guess the guest came in hot there in the computer didn't it oh yeah we come in blaring on that one and then try and talk over it so i just figured i'd turn it down real nicely okay guess the guest episode 35 35 do i get a chance at this one hell yeah hell yes hell yeah all right nicknames bill bailey bill bailey bill bailey oh all right uh bill rosé William Shatner. Ooh, no, 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 no. Some people call him the Ayatollah. The Ayatollah. Uh, no. Oh, my. The Ayatollah. This one's going to help you a lot, I think. William Bruce Rose Jr. Bill William Bruce Rose Jr. Um... Nope, sorry. Lots of time. No. All right, this one should be, uh, this This is currently the man's legal, it's a man. This is currently the man's legal name. This is not the answer. Okay. <clears throat> the man's legal name is W. Axel Rose. D- is it, so is it Axel Rose? Hey! <laughs> got it. You know what the fuck you are? You in the jungle, baby! Wake up! Time to die! Alright, we got Axel in here with us. Can we play music? Yeah, we can't. I cut it off right there. But it's, oh, so, uh, uh, Axel Rose! I'm glad that we were able to actually get him in the studio today. No, seriously, we had to cut a <laughs> hole in the wall to get him in the studio today. <laughs> Wait till you see the collage. That node's a big node now. It's great. But his voice is still the same. Oh, yeah. Who didn't love the Guns and the Roses? Oh, sir, we're going to get there. I had all their tapes. I had all their tapes. All their tapes. You're like, tapes of what? Tape? (laughs) They made tape? I had had all their cassette tapes. Oh, wow. And we've talked about them a little bit. And I I can't remember. I'm still kind of fuzzy on on the single that was sold that was for the Terminator movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the main intro to that Terminator. Yep, that's correct. Whatever that was, the 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 B side to that was an awesome song too. Was it November Rain? Maybe. I do not know the Terminator soundtrack that well. And I'll and I, that, I don't know that yeah. it was on the soundtrack. I just think it was their single where then they'll throw some garbage song on yeah, the other side. The B side. That garbage song, whatever it was, was turned really out to good. Be, yeah, it I turned out that. to be really good. What was what were some of his nick, nicknames? Um. All right. His just just Bill blow. Bailey. <laughs> what what? Well, okay, <laughs> Bill Bailey. Uh, Bill Rose, I turned it to Rose because I didn't want to give it to you. No? All right. Uh, the Ayatollah, slash called him the Ayatollah. <laughs> William Bruce Rose Jr., his actual birth name. 
and then changed his name to W. Axel Rose when he turned like 18 or so before he signed uh, his record la- contract. At last. <laughs> so it's kind of on the T there, wasn't it, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I, I was, you know. We're you talking about Axel Rose. Ben, would you like to take a guess who we're talking about? <laughs> um, is it Axel Rose? And you were right. It was good. <laughs> We're just gonna we're just gonna have that one. We're gonna consider that like a stat in baseball called a, um, um what is it when they, uh, sh- what, a bunt? No, <laughs> where they get they, they get they they hit the ball and they get out at first, but there that's called a, a fielder's choice. Ah, uh, it doesn't really go against your batting stats. <laughs> okay, February 6, sixth, nineteen sixty two. Born William Bruce Rose Jr. to parents shannon elizabeth lintner and william bruce rose obviously junior so there's going to be a first one um he was born in lafayette indiana usa he was 62 1962 oh he's a lot older than us i guess yeah yeah okay his parents like his mom sharon she was only 16 and a high school student and his dad william was 20 and was described as quote a troubled and charismatic local delinquent who liked to bang young chicks apparently illegal the pregnancy Young chicks without condoms. The pregnancy was unplanned. <laughs> hey, you know what? After I get done with my social studies homework, I'm gonna get knocked out by that local delinquent. <laughs> He's charismatic. That's a that's a planned pregnancy right there. Age two, nineteen sixty four. Sharon and William split up. Huh? Not not not. Didn't work. No? Imagine that. William abducts uh, Billy. Axel. Oh, he dubbed the yeah. dude. The dude steals his kid. Steals his kid. Gives him back to Sharon though, and then leaves Lafayette. Sharon oh. marries a guy. Marries a guy named Stephen L. Bailey. So, Sharon changes Billy's name to William Bruce Bailey, aka Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey. Billy. I've heard Bill Bill Bailey, but I feel like it's an old twenties song. Something Bill Bailey. Oh, won't you come home, Bill yeah, Bailey? Yeah, was that it? Won't okay. you come home? That song is about a railroad worker in 1902, and his wife is sad. Oh, you got that card? She kicked her guy out of the house. It's by Lloyd Price, because I know you. Brian came prepared. It's a stack. It's a fat stack, It's <laughs> a fat I stack. We I haven't sh- seen you in a while, so anytime I don't see you for a bit, the data just goes more and more and more and more. All right, everybody. Strap, strap in. There's a long show. Bill Bailey has two younger siblings, a sister Amy and a half-brother Stuart. Stuart. I knew it was coming. <laughs> They, they were all raised uh, in a strict Pentecostal church-style home environment. Is Pentecostal, are they strict people by nature? I believe that's the vibe. I don't know anything. I don't either. I was kind of hoping you'd know about Evangelical, Pentecostal, Pentecostal oh, yeah, uh, reformists. Then you got, what, what's the, uh, what's the, uh, the ones that don't know what they believe? The Ag- agnostics? Agnostic. Yeah, I don't know any of this stuff. I, I had an interesting uh, podcast moment the other day where someone said, Everyone who believes in Christianity is agnostic, or not agnostic, atheist to other religions. Like, you just, you don't believe there's another God outside of yours. Well. So it's like you believe in yours, but you don't believe in anything else besides yours? But hold on, no. So I mean, you are, would, you are can't an you atheist. say that the, 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 the Muslims are the same? Yeah, all I mean, they organized religions. Uh, yeah. If no. You, if, yeah, you're atheist. Oh, not all. You're no, right. I some mean, have multi- some have very many multi thingies, whatever that's called, mono, no, polytheism. Ah, here, here's Any. my, mm. here's my thing on religion. Eh. Yeah, if you're not eh. hurting anybody, I don't care eh. what you do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, I'll ever know. Now, by knocking on my door every Saturday that I lived in Ann Arbor, Neil and Patricia, because they were door knockers and came to tell me about God, that that was hurting me. So, <laughs> as long as you're not hurting anybody. 
I uh, do what you want to do. I like to believe in religion that the day, I, the moment I'm dead, I know everything. That's what I want out of death. I'm a little scared of the nothing that's I coming want, next. I'll admit that. I have nothing happens. Well, then who? It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> were you bothered before but you were born? I want to. I want to believe in something where I just know everything, like all the conspiracy theories that were right. And all the things that we never heard about. <laughs> Who killed JFK? I wa- yes, I want to know that. I want to know. Hey, they're trying to dig up Jimmy Hoffa again. Why? Well, they don't know where he's at. Underneath the Silver Dome. No, they're thinking he's in some uh, old dump in New Jersey now. Huh? Buried in a barrel or something. I, I don't, I'm just. I it's don't know. the most credible, <laughs> the most credible <laughs> thing they got going on. Which, why would you go with the second most credible thing? Why yeah. are you like, <laughs> hey, we, uh, the most credible thing's a barrel in New Jersey, but the second most credible is a uh, guy's horse farm down in Dexter. He might be there. Yeah. Just, I, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I, do, I guess I do want the answers. I suppose that's sort of the inspiration for this show. That's what, what I want. Doing yeah. I want to oh, know why. Yeah. Huh. All right. Uh, well. So they're Pentecostal. Yeah. Well, to get into the greater uh, questions, Axel's family, well, again, Billy. Billy's family, um, they went to church three to eight times a week. Him and his siblings, they're required to go by the family. And his family even taught Sunday school. I'm out. We had a quote. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Can't do that. We had a quote from Billy on his upbringing. Quote, I wasn't allowed to listen to music. Women were evil. That, that. Uh, Everything uh, was no, evil. No, no comment. <laughs> well, mine has underlined the word were. Question mark. Were. <laughs> So, yeah, he, he, everything, you know, like you're saying, I guess they were really strict. They were like, no, that's bad. Nope, God wouldn't like that. That's what, bad. Nope, that's bad. That's bad. So, sometimes they had a TV set and sometimes they didn't because Steve, uh, the stepdad, would call it Satan and throw him out. Go buy another TV? Yep. He'd be like, well, we can watch Grand Old Opry. Not that they did, I'm just saying. Well, back then, TVs were expensive. Yeah, but if it's Satan, I mean, you got to get that well, out of Well, fine, house. but you don't buy another one. Maybe that one's not Satan, though. The wood grain. It's much <laughs> he more saw natural. Satan. He saw Satan in the wood grain at the console oh. TV. And there again, you have it. He threw the TV out. I'm picturing a guy <laughs> picking up a fucking TV and throwing it off the window. You didn't do that. No. Well, no. No. I, I busted a disc in my back. Oh, God. Taking it. It was only like a 36-inch TV into our old house. <laughs> I was carrying. I was trying to set it on that shelf that it was on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Brian and I, just for all you old if you're new, new listeners, yeah. we used to be roommates. We had a house together in college. Soulmates. <laughs> well, that hurts. Not that there's anything wrong with that, Brian. No, no, and now TVs are like 20 pounds for a 101 inch. Oh, flat screens rig. totally changed the game. Oh right? yeah, totally. So he wasn't throwing them out; he was getting rid of them. Yeah, he just he just got rid of them. Well, it's not like he was upgrading, but sometimes they had TVs, sometimes it didn't. It was Satan. Yeah. It wasn't. And uh, so what Billy had to do is sometimes his friends would call him up and play records over the phone to him, but he'd pretend like he's having a conversation. Yup. Uh, yeah, down at the schoolyard. Oh, and he's wow. really listening to Super Tramp. Wow, I like Super Tramp. That was a specific example was Super Tramp. Breakfast in America. I love that album. There you go. Take a look at my girlfriend. Yes. I thought you were she's the only one I got. Not, Not much, much of, of a girlfriend. girlfriend. I never, never seem to get, get a lot. But you got it, dump it, dump. That's in awesome. the jungle, cross the water, like to see American. Well, much like that song, 1967, know. age five, Billy starts singing in the church choir. So, you in the jungle, baby! <laughs> <laughs> well, that would just be funny. So, that would be fine at some some churches, especially the ones where they handle snakes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was born a snake handler, I'll die a snake handler. You in the jungle, baby. Uh, he and his brother and sister, Amy and Stuart, Stuart. would be, uh, they'd perform at church services as the Bailey Trio. The Bailey Trio. Oh, coffee, Baileys, and a shot of what? I like Baileys. And uh, Christmas time. Only around Christmas right. Time, yeah. This is around Christmas time. My so wife's been on the rum chata more than Bailey, so Oof. I got to get my own little bottle of Bailey's. The rum chata's good, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about just drinking. <laughs> All right. Billy went to Jefferson High School um, in Lafayette, Indiana. Go Broncos. Uh, he had a high IQ and always placed in the top 3%. He also participated in the school chorus and studied piano. Yeah. And uh, in the chorus, Billy was placed as the second baritone. Billy would try different voices to confuse, like, the music guy. He'd be like, la, 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 sing it up here. And they're like, who is that high voice today? Not me. I'm singing a low part. So he had a range. He did. He yeah. tried. He really, I mean, he worked at it. It's kind of the thing. He's, he's, he's working at his vocal talents. Billy and his friend Jeff Isabel started a band together. Jeff Isabel? Yes. That's a weird last name. Is- Isabel. No, there's no A. Just oh, Isabel. Isabel. So that's much that's less much weirder. That's much less weirder. Jeff will eventually become the co-founder uh, and original rhythm guitarist of Guns N' Roses. What's his name? Jeff, Jeff Isabel. Isabel. But they call him Izzy Strandlin. Okay. All right. I mean. Izzy. Yeah. Isabel. Izzy. 1979, age 17, while going through some insurance papers at the house, Billy finds out Steve isn't really his dad and some guy named William Rose is. Stuart. Wow. Stuart's his brother. Whatever. I want to say Stuart a lot. <laughs> you, you can. That's fine. So, um, yeah, he's rifling through. He's like, oh, I got to do this insurance thing for, like, some high school crap. And he's like, that's not my dad. So that's how he finds out that's that the dude is not his dad. Yep. Like, that that dude is now just a guy that threw my TV out. He's not even my dad. Yeah, I don't have to listen to you. This is awesome. I don't have to listen to nobody. <laughs> I'm leaving. Billy learns uh, who his dad is, and he starts using his birth name, Rose. So, the story of Billy Rose. Billy Rose. Following the discovery of his true family origins, Billy becomes a, quote, local juvenile delinquent in Lafayette, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> Taking up the family business. It, it's what my parents did. It's, my, it's what my people do. My dad did it. His father did it. His father before him. Billy Rose was arrested more than 20 times for charges like public intoxication, battery, stuff like that. Oh, wow. He serves jail time. Uh, maximum one was up to three months. Oh, I forgot to call Matt back. <clears throat> um, Matt, That's get, a good segue. No, no Matt called me yesterday. He's out west with a buddy of his. They're hunting. I saw Um. That. And he called me and left a message. I was too busy to answer, and it did go to voicemail, and he actually left the message, huh. which usually means he has something to say. He <laughs> wanted to know how many times I've been arrested. Oh. I think it's only twice. I'm at one. I, I'm at two. Hey, they must got, have been having a conversation. Doubled up on me, buddy. Well, I mean, he's got arrested 20 times. Well, that's true. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's so much so that the Lafayette authorities threatened to charge Billy as a habitual criminal. Well, it sounds like they should have. <laughs> right. And now I called uh, the show's lawyer, Rob. What up, Rob? And uh, I was like, what does that mean? And he's like, it's kind of like the three strikes law. If you do it once, oh, wow, I actually wrote it down. It's kind of like the three strikes law. So it's between uh, your first strike and your third strike, so to speak. So one charge away is like super harsh. If you get the third strike, and if it's your first strike, they're like, eh, it's his first strike. So he was, anything he did, he was getting the maximum penalty in Lafayette, Indiana. Well, yeah. So what do you do with that? You move. Yep. (laughs) 1982, December, Billy moves to Los Angeles, California. I was going to guess California. He makes a friend, a guy named Kevin Lawrence, and uh, he joins Kevin's band Rapid Fire. 
rapid fire excellent brandon lee movie if you ever want to see like legit good hand-to-hand martial arts rapid fire brandon lee didn't he get killed in the crow uh yeah him and his dad both died of prop guns that quote unquote malfunctioned yeah dude they uh, do the chinese not, mafia they, the, they do not want you teaching the white man how to how to karate chop people chinese mob bro yep that's a whole other story. Now, if I can prove that Bruce Lee uh, played a musical instrument, <laughs> we're doing it. Nunchucks. Didn't I see? Oh, I was playing ping pong with nunchucks, <laughs> which I don't think is a real movie. No, that was the show Computer Technology, but yeah, that's fine. I believe what I choose to believe. <laughs> Ben's World. It's a great place. In May 1983, they record a five-song demo, Rapid Fire does. Um, uh, it doesn't get released until 2014 due to legal issues. Seriously? Yeah. That it got released that late. We're gonna make it, guys. 1983. <laughs> you got your hair and all your hairspray, and you're like, "Let's do this." And like then, that episode of Seinfeld where <laughs> Kramer finally came back after the strike. I'm back, baby. You have a job. Let's bagel. <laughs> God, that was the Festivus episode. That's a good one. Yeah, we might have. To, we might do a Festivus episode this year. All right. Uh, Billy splits from Rapid Fire and starts his own band with his friend Jeff Izzy from back home. Uh, they pick up 16-year-old guitarist phenom Chris Weber, and they form the Fab Five. Hollywood Rose. I thought it was Chris Weber. <laughs> There's a Chris Weber joke there. That's good. Local basketball area star and uh, Michigan player, and where'd he go off to? I think he's the commentator now. He is. He's still in the limelight, but I think, what, the 76ers or something oh, like I that? Don't <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, he was the Fab Five. That was great. Man, the fa- I think, that I was know. the best because then Michigan was good at football and basketball, and then now they're not great so at either. I was listening to the radio on the way in here today, and our Detroit Red Wings, woo, the Pistons, woo, and the and the Lions, woo, and the Tigers are what? all huh? are all at the very bottom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was like, what? Are all at the very bottom of their league? <laughs> they're all. That's the Detroit worst. sports right the there. Worst. I mean, we have the our Michigan football program has turned it around this year and is doing pretty good. I mean, they're not going to be playing for any national titles, but it's we'll we'll take it. Nobody's losing a job. Probably not. Um, maybe their offensive coordinator. But <laughs> uh, the Michigan State basketball team is looking real good. I mean. They're playing uh, undefeated Vatek tonight. We'll see how that looks. Nice. But our our big guys, nothing. I, nothing, man. I fell off the Lions bandwagon a long Dude, time ago. Here's the best thing as a, as a former Lions fan you Can't can do. see that cart. Is, is <laughs> I swear, it's – I don't want to make this reference, but I'm going to. I think my, my record stands on, 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 on spousal abuse. Oh, all right. I was like, <laughs> something I can joke about, right? No. A, a Lions fan is like that woman that keeps coming back to the dude that beats her up saying, it's going to be different this time. <laughs> Just stop it. Just stop it. That's, yeah. The only thing you can do is, I mean, I it, it's not like anybody's hitting anybody. Um, just stop it. Just watch these people think they're going to be good. I don't know where. Okay, Lions, enough. What we can do, Ben. They've got enough you airplay. And I, let's think back to Detroit sports in 1984, let's say, where it was like prime time, man. Tigers, Tigers. were crushing it. The Wings were crushing it. In 84, the Tigers won the World Series. Boom. January 1984. Kirk Gibson. They record a five-song demo, which gets released in 2004. This is Hollywood Rose. Lou Whitaker. On the Hollywood Rose. Chet Lemon. Um, Some of the band members uh, come in and out. So at one point, both Slash and Steve Adler, the drummer uh, of soon-to-be Guns N' Roses, were in Hollywood Rose. Before, 
it dissolved. So they were close to finding that sound they were looking for. <laughs> you know that sound you've been looking for? 1984. Wow, jeez, Doc. <laughs> Didn't even, I, I missed it almost. All right, Billy joins the band L.A. Guns. He's like, I'm going to make it. I want to be famous, damn it. Do you remember the cartoon of Back to the Future? Very briefly. It turned into Rick and Morty, but yeah, very briefly. There was oh, a wow. Saturday morning cartoon the show. There's also one I want to try to rewatch. It's a uh, cartoon of Beetlejuice. Oh, God. It was pretty big. You will remember it if you saw I've some of it. I've seen it, and you. I remember the all the purple and black and white stripes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to find that for my kids. It's out there. Yeah. They're remaking another Beetlejuice. You know that, right? Yeah. There was some fan remake crap that got. No, Michael Keaton said he he's doing it. But did any of the movies, did Hollywood say? I, I think that's all you need is the people go, oh, he's in, and it made millions of dollars then, so I, let's I guess do it. the cast is all available. <laughs> I like the, I want to see what they do. I mean, the last I'm, thing I remember Winona Ryder doing is getting blown up on Vulcan. Are you spoiling Star Trek Discovery for me? Was it Discovery? Oh, no, you're right. That was the, the, no, the uh, movie. movie. You're right. Okay. God, the movie. I'm not paying four ninety nine to watch Star Trek. I mean, I would, but come on. I just got the Disney Plus, so I think I'm pretty well extended. Well, I got the Disney Plus. I've been watching The Mandalorian. I watched The Mandalorian. That's fine. It's not Yoda. Not, you don't like Baby Yoda? You're it's not, not fucking Yoda. I know. You oh, want to fight about it? Wow. The internet <laughs> said, and the director said, you could call it Baby Yoda. It's okay. Do you know what they're called? I'll call it whatever species they're called. What are they called, Ben? It doesn't have a name yet. That's right. So what are we supposed to refer to it as? Baby Yoda. There you go. Much like Baby Yoda, while struggling to break through the Hollywood music scene, Billy took some odd jobs. No comment. He was the night manager of a Tower Records, so that was good. How odd were they? <laughs> Billy and Jeff got uh, jobs. Oh, this is a fun job. Billy and Jeff got a uh, job as part of a UCLA scientific study. They were paid $8 an hour. It's about $20 an hour now to smoke cigarettes. Huh. Hey, I saw some job where you can um, review weed in uh, that, the state of Michigan, I think. I, I, I saw that, too. That just seems like a lot of note-taking in an awkward state of mind. You'd be like, I'm, That's I, what I they want. to do something. <laughs> they still haven't had anybody... You know, put in for the job. Oh, I forgot you to apply stoners? for that, man. <laughs> oh, that was today. You can give them twenty bucks an hour, and they ain't gonna come and take a take a a, a pamphlet until you throw in a bag of Doritos or Funyuns. Hey, man, you say that, but I see they're pushing like federal legalization through Congress, or somebody's pushing for it. Some... Hey, do you do you know that Sam's Club doesn't put as much seasoning on their Doritos as if you bought them at Myers? What? Just saying. Prove me wrong, people. What's real? I know. What's how would I know? You think you're getting a good deal? No, they're just chintzing on the topping. Wow, mad about it. Still good enough for my kids, though. Let's go back to a better time. March 1985. We're never gonna get through these cards. <laughs> Do you not? Are you not interested in? No, Black I'm Rose? good. No, all I'm right. locked in. All right. It's just, see, it's just been a while, so it takes us a minute to get back into the groove. That's all. By halfway, we'll be great. Yeah. Well, they haven't really made it. They're L.A. Guns. I've heard of L.A. Guns. Yeah. No. Right. I've heard of all LA right. Guns. So all right, let's stick with that. March 1985. Billy and L.A. Guns bandmate Tracy Guns form Guns and Roses. They merged Hollywood Rose and L.A. Guns together. That's good. I like that. So three months later, uh, they'd finalized the lineup. They got Billy, obviously. They got Slash. They got Izzy. And they got Duff McKagan uh, on the bass and Steve Adler on drums. Duffy. Duffy. Izzy. Izzy. Billy. Billy. And what's the other guy's name? Steve Adler. Stevie. Stevie. Sounds like a hockey team. 
Suiting up for the game, coach. Guns N' Roses, they debut at the Troubadour nightclub in West Hollywood, California. They continued to tour the West Hollywood club scene and developed a decent following. Yeah, so. I think they, they, they were big enough pretty quick. They, they came out pretty fast. They were, I mean, they were literally working at it. They're like, nope, you're not good enough. Next guy, you want to do this? Okay, cool. Like, you know, and they like yeah. pick and shows and like really strategically and they had found some that talent. sound. Yeah. I think they, they were a mix of the best dude from your band put all together. I think think so now some purists are going to get in there i skip over a part where when axel first gets to uh hollywood or la he starts a band called axel and he loved it so much that's where he got the name from oh okay then all right there you go for your all of our guns and roses purists out there fans yeah i don't want any email i do actually want text message and not text messages i want tweets and, and posts and send me some social media if you want to correct me I, yeah I no hey you. do I, it publicly i put it on youtube Lamb based this shit. I dare you <laughs> correct my data research. Listen, I'm sure there's not a lack of bad information we're given. Oh, here. dude, I could have went so deep on this. I mean, it's so because it's more modern times and people love Guns N' Roses, so they really do have it. It's not quite as bad as Elvis, but this dude's life was pretty well recorded. Yeah. Brian could go through so. a stack of Tiger Beat magazines over there I and could go have. pick some old articles out. I mean, I didn't even do the YouTube interviews because there's just so many of them where he's drunk and like, <laughs> Barney Gumble. <laughs> hey, that's a good. I can, if I can work on that, you're my hero. Uh, March 1986, um, Billy and his band signed with Geffen Records. Geffen, Geffen, Giffen, G- Griffin, Geffen. Uh, that December, Guns N' Roses releases a four-song EP called "Live Like a Suicide." It's only available on vinyl and cassette. You like the cassettes, and uh, they limited it to 10,000 copies total. Had an Aerosmith um, cover on it. Had an Aerosmith cover on what? Yeah, and it had an oh, like the arrow, the song from Aerosmith. Like oh, they did okay. a cover of Mama Kin from Aerosmith, but they just did that as Guns N' Roses. Okay, all right, they so, covered an Aerosmith song. Yeah, one single and then a cover. Boom! I couldn't. I was like, what? Who is Mama Kin? I'm like, oh, that was the name of the song. I've listened to all of this when I I, I was working or running uh, stores and fixing stuff like that. My, one of my bosses was a Aero, Aerosmith. Was a Guns N' Roses nut. So we listened to L.A. Guns. We listened to freaking Rapid Fire. We listened to all of this stuff, man. Hollywood Rose, Guns N' Roses. The soon to be what comes up again is Guns N' Roses. That's not really Guns N' Roses. I mean, we listened to the I, discography. I like I like Guns N' Roses. In limited amounts. I'm with you on that I mean, now, having listened to their entire catalog. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. No. It was a lot. I'm also the guy that listened to every Rush song in a, in a row every year, once a year at Rush Day. I was with you for most of them, <laughs> but that's different. No, it's not. I can't do that ever again. I tell you. Getty Lee. I, I, I understand where people say Getty Lee's voice is a little, a little tough to listen to. So is Axel's. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, to listen to that all the time, I don't know that I could. Trying to find halfway point here so I know when we're stopping. Okay. Uh, July 1987, Guns N' Roses released their debut album, Appetite for Destruction. I've never heard of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although it had critical acclaim, it only sold 500,000 copies that year. Or to put it another way, it was not well received. Really? Yeah. So the critics loved it, but it didn't sell super well. Not, not, not initially. But wait, because of Guns N' Roses' relentless touring schedule and the mainstream success of their first single, Sweet Child O' Mine, the album rose to number one on Billboard 200, and in August of 1988, so like a couple months later, and again in February of 1989, so it's number one topping out 
And then to date, Appetite for Destruction has sold over 30 million copies worldwide, making it the best-selling debut album of all time in the U.S. I remember, well, at least as I remember it, the first time I ever saw that CD cover. Yeah. Or that CD. (laughs) Tape. (laughs) Tape. You got a new thing going here, huh? I love that dude on the internet. He does. He just walks into a car dealership and just the salesman will come up to him and he'll be yeah, they say, oh, anything I can help you with today, sir? And the guy will just look at him like dismissively and goes, oh, psh, psh, psh. <laughs> I haven't seen that. <laughs> it's a whole shtick. But I was in, I think I was hanging out with Ryan. I can't say his last name. You could have, I would have just beeped it. Um, no, he I had haven't. older brothers. I'm going to say it because you're going to beep it. I knew that's who it was. Yeah. So he, he, brought the, uh, he brought the tape. I think we were in my mom's car. Ooh. And we were in... And I remember like putting it in the the, the tape the cassette deck in the tape, and I'm player. looking at the, I'm looking at the uh, we're in front on Main Street in front of the Little Caesars. That's where we were at. Like to be specific, that was my first time hearing that album, wow. or at least having the cassette tape in my hand. Dude, yeah, that was big. I remember Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. I don't remember where I was or who I was with, but I remember that yeah. time frame. Um, thriller, the cassette tape Thriller. <laughs> That was my first cassette tape ever purchasing myself with my monies. And it reminds me of my grandma's house because I think I bought it on the way to my grandma's. Thriller reminds you of your grandma's house. Yeah, we're on my way to my grandma's house. I think I got like some money for Christmas or something. <laughs> and we're going to my grandma's a couple days before Christmas. And we stopped at uh, Je- not Jelly Bean, um, not Rock and Roller Rock Records. Rock and And my way to my grandma's. I made my mom and dad stop there and I grabbed it. And so it's still in that like that, that, that plastic. You know, that not only is it, was it in the plastic visqueen there was this big like plastic um security device that they'd put oh, on oh yeah 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 like the picture anti- a, <laughs> like picture a six-pack holder but 50 times bigger and stronger thicker yeah it, it probably took as much plastic to make one of those things so you didn't steal a tape couldn't shove it in your coat as easy at rock and roll and they take them out for you now like if you buy a uh, video game at Myers. There's a little oh, yeah, device. Yeah, yeah. They got to like click. And well, they magnets. have electronics now. Before it was like trying to steal a clipboard. Yeah, <laughs> like a cassette <laughs> in the middle of it. Of a freaking clipboard. They're like, what the? How am I supposed to pocket this? Yeah. So yeah, I took that to my grandma's. I remember like, grandma, I need a big pair of scissors. <laughs> yeah, you would. You'd have to get, you'd get like a saw or like a pair of good wire cutters and just go at it and just and click on that thing for a while try and clip that plastic cage up and there. i guarantee you my grandma didn't have a cassette player at her house <laughs> she had a console a re- record player that maybe had an eight track deck in it looked like a, a china cabinet it looked like a <laughs> coffin <laughs> yeah, big, long i mean it's six foot long <laughs> slides it's up two and a half foot tall two and a half foot deep and there's two big like like uh, they like sliding opening dr- doors on the top, like, like, a, like a hatch, I guess. Like oh, a yeah, zzz, a zzz. portal. I don't. You insert your record, your. Uh, and they had to have been able to put like five sixteen-inch speakers in that damn thing. Get your gramophone working up. All not, right, not your grandma's phone. August nineteen eighty-eight. It's a little better than that because um, we had tape players and cool Eight, cars. Eighty-eight. So we're in like sixth grade. Seventh grade? Seventh grade, I think. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. Sixth, okay. seventh grade. At the Monsters of Rock Festival in Castle Donington in England, it's between the National Forest and the airport, uh, <laughs> they start playing It's So Easy, and 107,000 people start slam dancing. Now, explain to people what slam dancing is. Because um, <clears throat> this is 88 terms, slam dancing. Well, you're just running into each other. It's like a mosh pit. 
There you go. Yeah. But as the, far as I'm concerned, slam dancing is watching a bunch of idiots get hurt in the middle of a concert. I'm well, out. this resulted in two fans being crushed to death at that particular <laughs> show. To death? Yes. Ooh, death is permanent. From that incident on, Billy would be known for personally addressing the audience during performances. Quote from Billy. Quote, most performers would go to security person in their organization and it would just be done very quietly. I'll confront the person, stop the song. Guess what? You wasted your money. You get to leave. That's cool. I like that. I don't mind that crowd control, man. Yeah, even though we've heard a couple different places, like in uh, uh, the f- the freak Altima, was it, or whatever, where they <laughs> yep. they tried to talk the Hell's Angels off off the stage. It didn't work. That did not work. They no. got a bike, bike spoke <laughs> stuck in their stuck calf. Stuck in your leg. <laughs> Hit with a bike chain. As a result of those deaths, Monsters of Rock was canceled the following year. Monsters of Rock, Rock, Rock. Pretty rock. sure I went to a Monsters of Rock at the Silverdome. I know I didn't. <laughs> I, I had didn't. some hairband older brothers. There, you know, you get into some cool stuff I, at a young age. I did go my last, my last mosh pit experience. I don't know the etiquette. <laughs> I didn't know there was etiquette. Elbows down. I am it. at the machine shop in Flint. Oh, this is the pink shirt story. <laughs> I was wearing a pink shirt. <laughs> Yeah, because you're not supposed to. There's one acceptable color to wear at the machine shop, Brian. What is it? Black. 100% black. All black. Like Unless it's convention. shiny, like like a like a bracelet with spikes on it or whatever. Yeah, roadies it's all black. and stage workers and anyone in the theater. So I get sucked in. I am wearing a pink shirt. And I'm <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm cool. One so I got a beer look. So I'm standing like I'm standing kind of in the, like, just behind where the mosh pit's going. And I just see guys jumping in there. My buddy's there. That's who I got talked into going to this place. So he, I see him bebopping around in there, just like a little popcorn kernel because he's a little dude. Don't do and, it. And he comes over by me, and oh, I'm just like, don't do I it. just kind of like take and push him back up into oh, the thing. No, no. I'm thinking, I'm helping. I'm now part of the solution. You're touching people. Well, the uh, big motherfucking security guard saw me, and he just comes after me, like waving his finger, no, no, no. <laughs> and he's coming to get me. I'm like, I didn't know the rules. You don't touch people. You're in it or you're not or something. I'm like, I'm leaving. I'm going. You in the jungle, baby! Or you're not. (laughs) There are two choices here, sir. Pink shirt. So I got my other buddy, Bob. I'm like, dude, let's get the fuck out of here. He's like, I know. I just hurt my thumb in the mosh pit. What the? (laughs) He hurt his thumb. Oil check. Yeah, it's better than dying in a slam dance. I guess. Yeah, two people are crushed to death. It's November 1988, uh, Guns N' Roses, they, they release another album, Guns N' Roses Lies, which sells 5 million copies in the U.S. But Billy takes a hit. He's accused of racism and homophobic attitude with the song One in a Million. I I guess some of I bet I could probably sing along to most of that. I probably had it. Well, be careful because uh, Billy uses the N-word and a homophobic gay slur. Uh, in the song, Billy warns N-words to get out of the way and then complains about homosexuals who are spreading like some fucking disease. And uh, Billy defends the use of the slurs, though. So he goes down swinging. He said, quote, it's a word to describe somebody that's basically a pain in your life, a problem. Uh, the word doesn't necessarily mean black later in life. Uh, Billy would concede. Uh, yeah. Okay. Real quick to all of our white listeners out there. D- don't, PSA. Don't. PSA. Here's here's the thing. I'll tell you exactly how to handle this situation. Don't do it. Don't don't do don't. it. Don't don't do it. I just if there's one word you can live without in your life, that's one. that's it. Don't do that. It. Don't don't. You, you can't, don't need it. You can't say, "Well, my I got a black friend." No, that doesn't work. That w- doesn't work. I feel like we're gonna get there. <laughs> you can't say it. Just don't. You don't need to. 
Billy said that song reflected his initial impressionable perspective when he first arrived in L.A. and uh, his, in his late teens, where he experienced culture shock to a lifestyle very much different from the uh, cons- conservative town he grew up in in Indiana, Lafayette. Billy said, quote, I was pissed off about some black people who were trying to rob me, and I wanted to insult those particular black people. <laughs> I didn't want to support racism. And Just the homophobia thing, Billy considered himself pro-heterosexual, but was not uh, against, quote, them doing what they want as long <laughs> as it's not people. hurting anybody. Oh, I got pulled off the soundboard. There's no more of those people. You people. No, you people. You people. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's like, it's not hurting anybody else, and they're not forcing it on him, so I guess he's okay with it. <laughs> so... Man of the Year award here. <laughs> okay, you're no, not me. You're not. No, I'm not against anything like that. I'm not one of you, but uh, it's good for you. I, I and I want you can, to keep that you over can there. Use, you can make fun of the gays, and you can make you can use the N word if you want. Oh my God, no. No, you can. Here's the only way you can actually do it. Uh, okay. If you're racist or homophobic, I mean, right? Yes. Then you can do it. You can do that. <laughs> that that's roll, true. Man. If you're a racist homophobe, you can run with those words. You can. And that's, that's fine. That's totally in character. Yeah. Man, this is awkward. So I'm going to bail by saying we're going to take a quick break. And um, when we come back, we're going to avoid racism and homophobia. Doubtful. Highly doubtful. You brought it up when we talk about it. That's all I can think of. was a fun break that was an awesome break i hope you guys enjoyed the things that happened during the break brian got mad at me because i didn't have a beer ben's not drinking in this episode and it's bothering me i feel oh, like i'm easy. the only one i'm exposed well oh you cracked that thing at the beginning of the episode and it's warm and three quarters full it's been 40 minutes oh well, and i talk a lot during these things yeah but do you really ever say anything well that's <laughs> up for you to decide <laughs> Actually, these cars are going pretty quick. I'm happier that they're going quicker than when I wrote them. I'm like, this is 72. I know, right? I like, and I know they're no. not. There's some extras in there too, because I'll do like 73-1-2-3 when I find extra facts. So. Yeah. So so far, Axel Rose had about 20 imprisonments or jail times when he was a little kid. Yep. And then so he went much. a long time, started to become successful, and then started dropping hard n words everywhere. And making fun of the gays. We were talking about that, right? We were talking about Billy's past. So he did say he had some bad experiences with gay men, um, that he was almost raped in New York City when he was in his late teens. And because of all this stuff with the racism and the homophobia and him sort of walking it back but not really and being like, what are, you know, all of this gets Guns N' Roses being dropped from the New York City AIDS benefit organized by the Gay Men's Health Crisis Service. I don't want to wear a pin. <laughs> I'm not. You have to wear the pin. I'm not. I don't got to do anything I don't want to do. <laughs> I don't got to wear the pin. He doesn't, this guy doesn't want to wear the pin. Who don't want to wear a pin? So, okay, he's claiming he had a bad experience with a gay dude. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't like gay people. Right. 
I've had bad experience with straight people way more. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, that's like, true. I, what, I mean, I guess the subject of your sexual preference wasn't intrinsically part of the story, but if I don't like gay people because of one bad experience, I really don't like straight people either. That's true. I don't like a lot of people for no. that, that logic. I, uh, Axel, come on, buddy. Billy, get it together. He's trying to make excuses. Hey, guess what? I probably was a lot more homophobic and racist growing up than I am today. I, mean, I didn't have experience. I and mean, it was just the way it was. You were, you were, you were brought up in a, maybe a household. <clears throat> I'm not saying my mom and dad are that way, but it just slowly changes our culture as time goes on from one generation to another. And maybe that's where he was coming from. Yeah. My grandma is way more racist than other but it's a different members kind of my family. And, and it's a different kind of race. It is a different kind. It's like unintentional, like, Oh, that's what and and maybe was. in the in the, in the late eighties when scared. he was throwing the N word around, maybe that was where as a culture we're still learning as well, as like white people, just don't do it. Just don't just do don't, it. Don't, don't, don't 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 do try to make excuses. Don't do it. Don't try to just yeah. Don't do it. Nah. Here's the problem with that though. With the success of Appetite for Destruction, Billy is one of the most prominent frontmen in rock and roll. He had a look. He's out there. He had a look. He appears solo on the cover of Rolling Stone in August 1989. He was kind of a good-looking dude, too, MTV, a long time ago. <laughs> MTV New- We'll get there. MTV News anchor Kurt Loder describes Billy as, quote, maybe the finest rock singer currently on the scene. M- maybe. <laughs> maybe. It did start out with a maybe. <laughs> Meh. Guns N' Roses attempts to follow up Appetite for Destruction. Uh, they hit the studio, but... They abort due to Steve Adler's drug addiction. He's the drummer, and he was too wasted to record. What What was his drug? Did you uh, say? I did not. I feel like it was cocaine. I, I think it's a lot of drugs. Well, if it you was could cocaine, play drums on yeah. cocaine. <laughs> Probably it'd help. So Guns N' Roses uh, fires Adler and replaces him with Matt Sorum from The Cult. Huh. Didn't know that. I didn't either. In The Cult, she sells Sanctuary. Firewoman. Okay. She sells Sanctuary. Nah, I've heard of them. Fire. Fire. Anyway. Uh, Billy insists they get a keyboard player, too. He's like, we need someone to play the piano and the keys. What about one of those stand-up keyboards that look like a guitar slash keyboard? The keytar. The keytar. Uh, so they hire Dizzy Reed, who plays the keytar, from The Wild. Um, that's an L.A. club band. And then they recorded, the, the Wild used to record next to Guns N' Roses. And they're like, hey, I want a keyboard player. That guy's playing a keyboard, so bring him over. That guy. And his last name, his 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 first name ends with a Y. Perfect. <laughs> Dizzy. Yeah, he you can gotta... fit in on our hockey team. <laughs> Soon up for the game, coach. May 1991, Billy fires longtime manager Alan Naveen. Billy said uh, he couldn't finish the new album unless Alan was fired. And they, slash Billy, replace him with a roadie, Doug Goldstein. Goldstein and Naveen. Sounds like a lawyer's group. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy Strandlin describes Goldstein. Uh, quote, the guy who gets to go over to Axel's at 6 in the morning after he smashed a $60,000 grand piano out the picture window. I thought you were going to bring up some sort of anti-Semitic joke here. So Axel went from dropping hard end bombs <laughs> and some some gay slurs to now giving Jews a hard time or something. Fucking bad about Jews. <laughs> what? 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 That's how I was raised in Lafayette, Indiana. Blame my upbringing. Never seen a Jewish man play at California. <laughs> they're all... It is amazing, though, how many um, people of the Jewish persuasion—I don't know, whatever—how many, Ju- many Jewish people are in 
the entertainment industry. They're not always in front of the camera. They're 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 pulling the levers and switches and buttons. Amazing. Not doing it. <laughs> not doing what? It's I don't. I feel like it's a slippery slope trap, man. I don't. No, wanna... I don't think it's a bad thing at okay, all. Okay, yeah. No, it's say, very wanna... a, a credit to their to their people. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like no, it. it's good. It's all good. All good. I like it. July 1991 uh, was not all good. 90 minutes into her concert at the Riverport Amphitheater near St. Louis, Missouri, after several unanswered requests from Billy to the security personnel, he wanted him to confiscate this guy's uh, video camera. A fan had a camera. Oh, in the audience? In the audience, yep. And Boy. so <laughs> he was going to hold that on his shoulder for two hours. He's going to have to go to a chiropractor uh, after that. It's worth it, man. So uh, it really wasn't worth it, though, because Billy dives off the stage onto the crowd to get the camera himself. He's like, security, get that camera. Guys, camera. No? Fuck it. I'll do it myself. <laughs> That's ah! a can-do Midwestern attitude. Yeah. Billy uh, gets pulled back on stage, and he says, quote, well, thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going to leave. <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> then 2,500 fans riot and get 60 injuries. 16 arrests, resulting in an estimated damages of $200,000 to the facilities. Wow. So Over a camera. Yeah. Billy you gets know, a suspended. the Grateful Dead would encourage that. Oh, tapers, man. You go yeah. get your taper section and stuff like that. Billy gets a suspended sentence, probation, and he's ordered to donate $10,000 to five different charities because he incited a riot. Why didn't he fix the events venue center? Two hundred grand. <laughs> well, 10 a lot cheaper than two. So. Well, you don't give it to the... Other people give it to the people whose stuff you wrecked. I see. I see. Pay the 16 uh, legal fees for the arrest. September 1991, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 come out. They debut at numbers 1 and 2 on yeah. the Billboard 200. That was like, yeah. That's you, never been done before. Do you have uh, a list of the songs in there? <laughs> no, I don't. No. No. <laughs> There's a lot of songs on those albums, man. No, I they were great. It was something like. I don't even know, 25 songs or something like that I, that they released. I think those were my favorite Guns N' Roses song. Uh, that, 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 I'll call it one album or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, I like that, that release. Yes. <laughs> release. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm looking it up. Oh, God. Hey, Siri, show me the songs on Use Your Illusion. I can tell you now that ain't going to happen. <laughs> Choose Your Illusion. My illusion is that Siri works like you think she does, which is oh. she does not. It did. No, oh, it pulled oh. up iTunes. Nice. <laughs> it pulled the. All right. L- l- rattle off a couple song titles there from Use, Use Your Illusion, illusion 1, one. And 2. Um, right Next Door to Hell, Dust and Bones, Dust Live and, Bones. and Let Die. Live Love that Let song. Die. That's a good one. That was Don't Cry Tonight, yep. Baby. Oh, that's baby. a good one. Yep. Perfect Crime. You Ain't the First, Bad Obsession, Back Off, Bitch. Ooh. <laughs> Double Talk and Jive, November Rain. November Rain. In the cold the garden. November Rain. The Garden, and then there was the Garden of Eden. That's weird. Don't Damn Me, Bad Apples, Dead Horse, and Coma. That was on That was on. Use Your Illusion 1. One. Wow. And there's a Use Your Illusion 3? What? We'll get there. No spoilers. Oh, okay. All right. That's that, that's legit. That's a Guns N' Roses thing. No, I was just oh didn't want you to get sidetracked too far. No, just, I'm not, I'm already down this rabbit hole. You're supposed up. to read the song titles uh, and then put your phone all right, away. All right, put the phone away. <laughs> I didn't even get into Use Your Illusion too. Much like us, November 1991, tensions are running high in the band. 
Yeah, it seems to happen with these prima donnas. Well, recently sober Izzy uh, leaves the band. Izzy says, quote, I didn't like the complications that uh, became such a part of daily life in Guns N' Roses. And they don't let me drink anymore. I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> Citing the riot and Billy's chronic lateness. We will hang out with George Jones. He don't, ma- <laughs> he don't mind missing a show or two. <laughs> no show. Yeah, no, basically Izzy's like, look, man, I'm sober. You guys aren't. And uh, he's starting to drop racist slurs and homophobic things and starting riots. And the guy never shows up on time. I'm out. That guy's just a, he's just an angry, he's a dry alcoholic. That's what his problem is. Ooh. After Izzy leaves, Billy demanded and received sole ownership of the name Guns and Roses. Slash he and Duff, demands it. Yeah. Well, he's like, I'm not going to finish group project, do this, do that. Slash and Duff sign it over to him, though. All right. They claim Billy wouldn't perform unless they sign over the name. Billy says, that's not true. That would be uh, under signing under duress, and so that would be a void contract. So I didn't do that, obviously. Now, can you think of, I mean, I know we can, but an interesting thing of Guns N' Roses, that the kind of the two dudes that started it are not the two most famous dudes in the band. I mean, uh, Axl Rose is 100% the most famous dude in the band. Right. Who's the second most famous dude historically? At, before you ever research any of this stuff. Slash. Slash. Right. 100%. Right. Isn't, he's not the, the Rose, he's not the Guns guy. No, that's Tracy Guns. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, no, just Slash. Apparently slash. They, Axel is really good at contracts, from what I've researched. He sounds like he just kind of bitches until he gets what he wants. <laughs> right. Nailed it. Nailed it. I'm not going to do it. You can't make me do it. If you want me to do it, then you're going to give me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Billy undergoes past life regression therapy. Uh, <laughs> what? Hold on. <laughs> hey What is this? What? Uh... What what is a past life regression therapy? Woo! Yeah, baby. (laughs) He believes in homeopathic medicine, right? Well, that's okay. He's like, I'm gonna try and relive my old lives and figure out what's wrong with me, and like homeopathic medicine's okay. Holistic healing is different. (laughs) I'm blaming my dropping a hard n bomb because I used to be a slave owner in a past life. It was okay back then. Yes, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was hey, do you have anything on some of the chicks he kind of dated? Uh, there's one. Didn't he date a couple kind, kind of hot chicks? Like yeah, some models, models and stuff. And stuff? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. The most popular and uh, front man of a rock and roll band in all of history dated some models. Well, I mean, he, he wasn't did just, pretty well. He wasn't just you know plowing groupies left and right. The guy on the cover of Rolling Stone did pretty all right. I was with trying to remember ladies. who they were. I think I have a name coming up, okay. but it's not right. one I remember, like Evangeline right. something something, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Oh, I mean, oh. I get who you are, but I don't. I couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Okay, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll wait for it. Axel's diagnosed with psychosis as a child and prescribed lithium. He will be re-diagnosed uh, with bipolar disorder at age 26. Ah, and at 26, though, it's just an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you should have figured out how to deal uh, with it by now. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. You're just a wrecked toy at this point. Forget about it. Speaking of wrecked toys, August 1992 at Montreal's Olympic Stadium, while co-headlining with Metallica, there was a pyrotechnics accident. James Hetfield gets second-degree burns and stuff, so Metallica cuts it short, and Guns N' Roses is like, you're up, guys. But Guns N' Roses couldn't go on because... Billy wasn't there. He was running late as usual. <laughs> Billy finally arrives. They go on one hour into the show. 
Billy complains of voice problems and walks off the stage. We all have that one friend that is never on time. Ugh. Just never on time. It's the worst. It's just that one dude that can't get their crap together. Wait, it's not me, right? Okay. We don't go anywhere. Okay. <laughs> hey. No, I mean, there's always, eh, I got to come, not getting in here. <laughs> I see. Names that shall not be said. Ben Ben goes to his phone immediately like, no, nah, I'm not going to. No, I'm going to go there. Let me look down. A riot erupts in downtown Montreal after uh, Billy leaves the stage, and that results in an estimated $400,000 in damages. $10,000 fine. People smashed stadium windows, they uprooted street lamps, they burned a sports car, and they started several fires in downtown Montreal. No, well, that was not downtown Montreal. Oh, maybe in downtown they did, but their Olympic Village where that stadium's at? Yeah. Kind of on the outskirts, I believe, a little bit. Sure. It's, it's kind of, what year was that? 1991. 92. Okay, so I mean, it was years after that. I was in Montreal, and we went and like looked at the Olympic Village where they had the Olympic Stadium, and neat. I think the Expos played out there too, but then they kind of got Montreal Canadiens. Yes, and the Expos. It's kind of like a a ghost. It's kind of like a ghost town. And then I remember thinking that when I was out there for work, like, holy cow, why aren't more people going here? Well, they built a stadium for to hold 150,000 people to watch one guy dive a couple times. And then it was they they shutter the thing. I mean, this is what happens with these Olympic stadiums all over the world. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the Olympics is bad business. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think maybe the U.S. has pulled it off a couple times where it made the city some money and notoriety, but for the most part, these countries that don't have it to spend, they don't get any return out of it after everybody goes home. Wasn't there a Tahoe Olympics in the eighties? They're crushing it. Tahoe, Atlanta, crushing it. Atlanta had well, they, Atlanta was crushing it before. <laughs> I mean, that's the trick, that's, right? Yeah, like, you got to put it a into a city. place that already has the infrastructure. All right, all right. There's my spiel about the Olympic guy. Uh, all right, <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> we got an even year coming up, so there's an Olympics of some kind or winter. I want to say, eh. July 17, 1993, not the winter, in the summer, and it's an odd year, so there were no Olympics. Guns N' Roses plays their last performance at the River Plate Stadium. Plat? Plate. No, it says plate. At the River Plate Stadium in Buenos Aires, Argentina. Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires, Argentina. August 1993, Izzy Stramlin sues Billy for wrongful termination. He's in a band, dude. You can't fire me. I am the band. (laughs) They settle out of court for $2.5 million and 15% of the royalties of everything Izzy is on before he left. That's fair, though, I think. I, I mean, the if you did the work. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did the work, so you get the royalties. November 1993, Guns N' Roses releases, quote, The Spaghetti Incident. Oh, That's wow. That's a record. It's got. Wow, I didn't. I forgot about that. It has a song, Look at Your Game Girl, and that was written by Charles Manson. The Spaghetti Incident. Is that Was that the big song on it? Yep. Well, I don't know if it's the big song, but it was written by Charles Manson, and it was not well received. He he died, right? Charles Manson, I think, died about a year. Pretty not, sure he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Can but we, he's can he, we do something on him? Yeah, absolutely. We already have. He's been in a couple different episodes. Well, I mean, I think he was in the music industry a little bit here and there. Wasn't he, started, he in a band? Yeah, he started a band, and he wanted to be famous. And then he figured out religion gets you way more fame. All right, <laughs> so he foreshadowing for our audience, I think, Brian. All right, all right. I'll do Charles Manson. That's good. Fine. Yeah, I'd like to. I I think I'd like to know more about him. Not in a weird way. GNR mm. pledges to donate any royalties to the Manson family victims. Oh, I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Manson family. No. <laughs> wow. All right, Sharon Tate. You guys have suffered a money. lot. 
no. No, no, no. He was they o- realized he- that was somewhat insensitive, so they're like, if we make any money off of this, we'll give it to the guys. That Finally, the, he, our little boy's growing up. <laughs> He's starting to learn. Well, 1994 to 2001, nothing happens. Billy stays <laughs> in his Malibu mansion. And the band didn't officially break up yet. but just when, when was that? What was the 94 time? 94 to 2001. You got a solid six-year reclusion he in got, Malibu. In he, the, in the he got bay. huge. <laughs> he <laughs> may or may not have been stung by a bee. He got huge. We do not know. He got real big. He might have anaphylaxis. We don't <laughs> know. Hot dogs and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and the good Doritos. You know where you are? <laughs> I'm in the drive through baby. <laughs> I want some fries. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> November 2001, GNR is back in touring, though. They pull him out of his Malibu hollow, uh, hideaway. and uh, They cut a, a hole in the wall <laughs> and roll him out. At a concert in Vancouver's General Motors Palace. <clears throat> a place, again, I really don't know. General well, Motors you're Place. The right, the cards. I know it says place, but I can't believe that a concert venue is called General Motors Place. Like, whoa, okay. Well, <laughs> Who owns that stadium? That's General Motors Place. I mean, I guess it's Canada, so it's very practical people. Like, General Motors, <laughs> very place, nice eh? people. You're like, all right, well, that makes a lot of sense, I guess. I'm used to like triple A uh, insurance, Home Depot, park, you know, stuff like that. Canada's like the Flanders of the Simpsons. <laughs> We're the Simpsons; they're the Flanders. <laughs> Hi, ho, neighbor. Oh God, it's like, you're so nice. I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> Do you ever have a bad day? No. Right. <laughs> I know a guy. Oh, I got a friend. My friend Canadian Mike on Facebook. Shout out, and he's like the meme king. He gets me in all these memes. It is pretty good. His meme so, games mean. But he's never ever been sad. Like I've never seen I mean, that. Just Facebook, because no one's ever sad, and life is great. But like he's never had a sad day. So, no, uh, Canadians. Yeah. You, you, I love you guys. Give me, give me a say hi to hey or whatever. <laughs> November two thousand one. Uh, Guns and Roses is back saying hi to hey, and we talked about it. They do that General Motors uh, place show. Billy never shows up though. He just uh, that's <laughs> his op- the first one. George Jones, no show Jones, baby. Yeah, he's just like yep. So the staff announces a cancellation and a riot. There's a riot that what breaks the out hell? in Vancouver with estimated damages of a hundred thousand dollars. This is like. The equivalent of Justin Bieber just spitting on everybody. Oh, God. This is what he does. He just doesn't show up. Nah. Canada's he, cold. The whole time, he's just like, hey, do you want to go to that concert you're supposed to go sing yeah, at? And yeah. He, and he just says this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Audio memes for one. <laughs> 2004, you'll recognize this. Billy's the voice of a DJ for KDST on GTA 5. No, GTA and San Andreas. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the rock DJ in San Andreas. I didn't know that. I didn't either. <clears throat> that hurts my voice when I try to do Axl Rose. What? What? Ow. What? Um, Hold on. San Andreas. San Andreas. That that was when you were, um, the, the main character was the black kid. You're the black. CJ. Uh, what was it? CJ. Yeah. yeah. And he's and in the gang. With, the gang with Big Smoke. Big Smoke. Yeah. yeah. They got green, like, jerseys and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, they and got the green. And fight they, the purple guys. That was a great one. That was a really good one. Hey. Sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> That's half the show. That's why we're here. So I, they're coming out with a new Grand Theft Auto. What? Yeah. Why? Oh, yeah. What? Brian, where are you at? Dude, I've, you told me you wanted me to get a day job, so I've literally been trying my hardest at something, and that's all Dude, I've been focusing on. at some on. point, you're Seriously. still pooping on the toilet looking on your phone. I, I try Research to get in and this out. shit. What, what is it? I, I, let me guess, because this is what I always thought GTA 6 should be, is it should be a woman protagonist. And it should be in the near future, like 
Back to the Future 2, where there's like floating skateboards and, and hover cars. <laughs> a, a woman? <laughs> 2019, no, man, come on. Um, so from the very small bit that I've found. Don't tell me Red Dead Redemption 3, because that'll be upsetting. No, it'd be, no. What? No. It's, it's just no. a cowboy Grand Theft Auto. It is. Oh. No, that's just, it's the same no, freaking No, I know. I was going to get into that, but go no, ahead. No, the, 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 the Grand Theft Auto apparently is slated for um, two th- uh, 20, 2021. Ah. Well, I, and I believe they're probably going to be next-gen consoles. Damn it. That's yeah. the only reason I buy another game console is for Grand Theft oh, Auto. Oh, it's the That's way they do it. The last three but times they're, they're saying the map is going to dwarf all other maps. Oh, it's life-size. And there's going to be two of them. <laughs> oh, God. Like two cities you go back and forth to. Wow. Two separate. Now, a lot of people, though, are really, and in, 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 in this is a good point, they don't only want a bigger map. A bigger map's great, but they want it more detailed. You know how many buildings you can't go into yeah, in the Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, that's true. There's so many, and people want to have, like, not only is it a Grand Theft Auto, but, you know, so much online play. They want all these buildings to be accessible. I feel like you could teach an <clears throat> AI to render the inside of a building pretty quick nowadays. Oh, well, you know, not the— Not to get um, too technical, but just show the, it to a them lot once. Of the, they'll be like, oh, stairways, elevators, gotcha. Well, those, those video games, I think Fallout— Four was okay. a big one that people Shelter. were able to dissect, and they actually opened up all these buildings and built interiors for them. Yeah, they're not as polished maybe as if the game developer would have done it, but you can get that. You oh, can download mods. that map pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 put it in your game. And I don't know if they did that for any of the Grand Thefts. Not, I mean, I haven't seen that's PC stuff, man. I'm maybe yeah. a console gamer. But they they downloaded it for they they did it with the, uh, the 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 Fallout for console people. You could do it. You can download like Fallout stuff. Sorry, Sorry Michelle. Michelle. We haven't had one. Hey, you think what, you want to get Michelle on as a guest? 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 If she would, if she wants to come down, I bet she would. She definitely would. She's she listens. I think she's our number one fan. I think she's our super fan. Um, but anyways, super fan Michelle. Twenty twenty one Wyoming Michelle. Twenty twenty one and um. You haven't given a me hu- a theme. Huge. You haven't given me anything besides huge. I man. I I really don't know that they have a theme, but I'm guessing it's going to be. Drug dealers. <laughs> Drug dealers, city, <laughs> machine guns, helicopters, getting chased by the police, uh, stealing cars. I love it, man. I love it so and much. And I promise you this. I am going to get into the online play if they come out with that game. All right. I'll, I'm the with you. You and I, play, you and I've never I gotten into. have been on gaming <clears throat> consoles together for a long time, but never the same one and never the same game. So it right. would be interesting. I told to, you to the sidebar. That was a good sidebar. Can't wait. 2021. Well, hopefully we'll talk about it on the show. All right. May 2006 at the Plum Club uh, for actress Rosario Dawson's 27th birthday, Billy was going to play a surprise set. It's like, oh, I'll come Who, play. Rosario Dawson? Yeah, Rosario Dawson. Who's that? She's an actress. What's a Rosario Dawson? What's she do? <laughs> um, Dawson's Creek? Is that Dawson's Creek? It's Dawson's Creek. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, Billy moves a lady's drink. Right, he's like, yeah, yeah. He put a roofie in it. No, he just moved it, maybe, but he just moved it, and it happened to be designer Tommy Hilfiger's girlfriend's drink. So Tommy Hilfiger goes up, smacks Billy on the arm, and says, "Put the drink back. It's not your drink." So what year is this? Two thousand six. Two thousand. Tommy Hilfiger was he still popular back then? I mean, he's is he still popular now? Did he design something for the Olympics? I don't know. Tommy Hilfiger, the clothes yeah, guy. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, yes. Then yes. Did he I make? Well, I guess yeah. That's no. That's Ralph Lauren. Does polo? Does our Olympics? What were the like, jeans that everybody was into? Chabos. Oh yeah, it wasn't that guy. 
ZC Cavarici. <laughs> <laughs> so he moves ZC Cavarici's drink. It's like, that's not your drink. That's my girlfriend's drink. And he's like, hit, and then Billy starts a fist fight with Tommy Hilfiger in the streets of New York City at midnight. I like that story. Can you imagine Axl Rose fighting Tommy Hilfiger? You're like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, my God, is that Axl Rose? Who's he fighting? It's like, no shit, that's Tommy Hilfiger. Really? I need to see him, like, throwing punches <laughs> like this. <laughs> <laughs> very, Ben was demonstrating, this is this is audio program. Ben's demonstrating a very Manhattan, uh, like, fr- like, like, frontier fist, like sort of palm pawing. Str- like a palm strike cat paw sort of <laughs> maneuver. Happy birthday, Rosario, I guess. Holding his head back the whole time, like, <gasps> So believe it or not, Billy actually does do a song, <laughs> and uh, he he does that to Rosario for her birthday. He does the song "You're Crazy," and he dedicates it to my friend Tommy Hilfiger. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Rosario! I'm really glad you had me out here to sing. I got one song I'm gonna do. It's called "You're Crazy." This goes out to my buddy Tommy Hilfiger. Hey, Tommy! Look who's got the mic. <laughs> not you, buddy. Everyone has to listen to everything I say. And the only thing he could have done better was then bought Tommy's girlfriend a drink. <laughs> yep. And I'd like to buy that l- nice, lovely young lady over there another vodka cranberry. Get her a mojito. They didn't have mojitos back then. <laughs> <laughs> June 27, 2006. Billy is arguing with a woman at a hotel in Stockholm, Sweden at 8 a.m. And he's drunk. Yeah. Security tries to intervene. A scuffle breaks out. Billy allegedly bites the guard in the leg. Well, Mike Tyson pulled a Mike Tyson on him. Says, <laughs> "Not drunk, you're drunk." <laughs> he bit him in the leg. He was definitely <laughs> drunk. I would say so. <laughs> November 2008, Guns N' Roses releases "Chinese Democracy," their first album in 15 years. I've never heard of that album. Really, it's actually pretty good. Uh, Billy didn't help with the promotion, and by December, he'd been missing for about two months. And he hadn't returned any phone calls from the record company. They're like, hey, we released this album, and okay, he ghosted us. Right? <laughs> nope, he didn't ghost them. That wasn't a term back then. Damn it. November 2010. We're getting close. I'll be able to use these modern terms. Billy sues Activision over Guitar Hero for $20 million. Oh, because they had a... Uh, they used Welcome to the Jungle, but there's. he said, you can use Welcome to the Jungle, but I don't want any mention of Slash or his van, band Velvet Revolver at all. What? Yeah, he's like, you can use Welcome to the Jungle. I'll let you use it for Guitar Hero. That's cool, but you can't talk about Slash or Velvet Revolver. Did they talk about them? Slash was on the cover of Guitar Hero that oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the suit was dismissed uh, when a judge ruled Billy's claims were relying on, quote, oral promises, a.k.a. should have put it in writing. Oral promises. There is a note to make a joke there for Oral Promises. I think it'd be a good album album name. Oral Promises? Oral Promises. That might be a good band name. Yeah. No, I, album cover. <laughs> album, yeah. What would the cover be, Ben? What's that? What would the cover of Oral Promises be? What would it look like? I, I just want a close-up of a, a lady's mouth, nice red lipstick, big teeth coming out. Maybe you can see a little, little bit of a chunk of blonde hair rolling down there, and she's kind of smiling like, I feel you know, like, like that's talking, a Guns N' Roses album cover already. But sure, her mouth's open, and I don't want to see any lipstick on the teeth, ladies. Oh, yeah, that's low class. I don't know, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right, I feel like it's Blue done, neon but... letters saying okay. oral promises on there. I feel like you're describing a Guns N' Roses cover. I swear to God you are, but okay. April <laughs> 2012. Wow, we skipped how many years? Six years? Nope, two years, 2010, 2012. He is right. eating hot dogs again in the, in the, in the Malibu. Yeah, right. 
April 2012, Guns N' Roses is inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but Billy didn't attend. He wrote, quote, doesn't appear to be somewhere I'm actually wanted or respected. What a prima donna. April 2015, Billy writes uh, to Indonesian President Joku Widodo. Widodo. And he wants to remove the death penalty as an option in this case of the Bali Nine. Did you hear about the Bali the Bali Nine? Mm, I did not hear of them. All right. These nine Australian smugglers get caught trying to move 18 pounds of heroin out of Bali, mm-hmm. about four million bucks worth, and uh, they get caught. And one of the options is, you know, we could just kill them. And Axel, Billy, was very much against that, so he wrote the uh, president. That's That was the hill he decided to <laughs> plant his flag on, was defending a bunch of drug dealers. That's kind of what he of said. Of drug smugglers. Right. That's, I mean... Not trying to, you know, rid the world of disease no. or human trafficking no. or even drugs is quite the opposite. He's not, no, we, no, no. Right. We're going to need them to, we do, that don't get rid of those guys. All right. No. They executions take place anyways. <laughs> and then Billy cri- criticizes Wododo for ignoring the international outcry. I of wrote you a letter. killing drug dealers? Yes. Well, yes. All right. <laughs> just, just saying. This, mean, guy, this guy. This guy. <laughs> April 2016, Billy Slash, Dizzy, and Duffy are all reunited for the, quote, not in this lifetime tour. It's the second, They weren't busy, huh? It's second highest grossing tour of all time. I don't think they need the money, to be honest with you. Oh, I don't think they do either. They're mm. probably fat, oh, <laughs> metaphorically, <laughs> fat off the royalties. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. They got, they got, I mean... They're still selling iTunes of Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, every day. Yeah. I mean, every day. I I, the Guitar Hero revamped a whole bunch of songs for another generation. That can so. keep you ass deep in hot dogs and pizza. Yep. Well, Not in This Lifetime Tour yeah. is the second highest grossing tour of all time. Of all time? All time. When? 2016. So I all, don't. I, all those I've kids, never heard of it. All like people you and I's age all mm. have like their kids are old enough. We can get a sitter. We got money to pay a hundred bucks a ticket for you and. Well, your that's what it must have been. So yeah. let's all go relive our youth of the nineties. No, I don't do that. You in the jungle, baby. Yeah, see, and that's what they want. They want to. Ah! I don't. No. Hey, Will Ferrell had a pretty funny sketch on Saturday Night Live here recently. <laughs> Sidebar. Well, he was reliving his youth. He was. Oh, okay. It was a. Uh, it was Relevant like a, a a a scene. It was a, a sketch, you know, on Saturday Live. That's how that show works. <laughs> You're explaining me. So go ahead. Tell so your story. what they do is they have small little sketches on this show and they put them all together. Got three, three more cards Brian's left like, to go. Get this one in the book. We're an hour fifteen in. No all one's right, we listening. Got we got time. We got time. Okay. But it was a. It was like a bunch of kids having a party. Mom and dad goes away, and there's no high school kids throwing a party, whatever. And the whole entire time, they're like singing a song, telling the story about this party. Ah. But every once in a while, they're interjecting because their their English teacher shows up, <laughs> and he's just kind of hanging out. It's Will Ferrell, and he's just kind of hanging out. And then at the end of the story, it kind of gets weirder and weirder and weirder how this teacher's still at the party at three in the morning. Oh no! And he's the last one there, still chugging beers and all. He's like. Just do whatever you want, man. You're young. <laughs> Don't let your youth get away from you. Just have sex with everybody. Don't be like me or whatever. And then the guy's wife comes and picks him up at the end of the party. What? <laughs> it got weird. It was great. It was nice. It was interesting. I get this as a 40-something-year-old uh, slash re- trying to relive my youth. 
I don't think I was doing nearly as many fun things as I should have. So you want to go to a party and smoke and drink? <laughs> Hear your old uncle, whatever Farley's name was, going to tell you, Uncle Matt or something like that. Uncle Matt's going to tell you. Oh, what was his name? Yeah, it was really funny. That's what I remember about drinking in parties. I don't remember a lot. That's Saturday Night Live. It goes and flow. It's up I and down. I remember getting you know. punched in the face once at a party. That was not fun. <laughs> uh, all right. Talking about uh, going to parties and hanging out with your buddies and stuff like we that. We have three cards left. I'm going to try and make it. April 2016, Billy sits in for singer Brian Johnson and ACDC to finish their tour. Brian Johnson was out due to a hearing problem. Ah! Like, what? <laughs> He's Australian, too. Remember that? So, yeah, I heard that. I remember hearing that. Right. That was a, like a little blurb on the news one day. Everybody thinks Billy's going to be like the permanent new lead singer of ACDC. Well, not if Brian Johnson can come back. Well, Brian Johnson says, no way, mate. And he rejoins the band in 2018. So he was out for a little bit yeah. where Billy's filling in. Um, what's he up to nowadays, you ask? 275, 300. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, yeah, wait till you look at the collage, folks, if you <laughs> want to know what Ben's talking about. Um, all right, so Billy's using Twitter to criticize various members of the Trump administration and Apple CEO Tim Cook. That's what he spends Dude, his days not doing. not an original thought in his body. Quote from Billy, as we do at the end of the show, quote, be bitter, stay angry, and blame everybody. W. Axel Rose, everybody. Honestly, that quote right there kind of sounds like how he led his life. <laughs> It really, that's why I picked it. It kind of summed yeah, up the most. it sums them up. It's not just some random dumb quote that nobody gets, like yep. most of our quotes we put on here, but. They all have a purpose. Oh, yeah. So look it up. It's Anyways, it, he just seemed like a dude that kept, he just, whatever, Axel Rose. <laughs> he wasn't that bad of a dude. He didn't beat up any women. No, no, He didn't no, have sex he didn't. with, he didn't, he was in a pedophile. That's true. I mean, he got into Just jails a lot. Racist got, and homophobic slurs. He got into fights with That's everybody he ever worked with. Petty larceny and thievery as a kid, yeah. you know. Couple, he's, he's like, oh, I'm from fuck-ups. I can go be a fuck-up. Whatever. I didn't know. It, it, dude, yeah, it doesn't matter when you were born. You've heard <laughs> about Guns N' Roses. That's true. I mean, you've heard, you know Axl Rose. That, that's true. I'm aware of them. You yes. don't know the other lead, the other dude. You know Slash. Slash. Never heard Izzy, Duffy, Dizzy. No, and I think Slash, think about this. So he's got, he's doing it right. Slash? He's making tons of money. Yeah. He's, if you saw that dude as you're picturing him in your mind right now, yeah. anywhere. Top hat, curly hair, no, you're no good, eyes. Cigarette dangling, yep. like stuck to his lip. But in like less than two seconds, he could just pull his hair back in a quick man bun. Oh, you'd never know. You'd never know. He's not him. wearing a top hat. <laughs> I'm never going to pick. Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, that's all. Mr. Peanut does the same thing. <laughs> all never... I got to do to blend in is take my top hat off and the monocle out, and boom, I'm just one of the members of society. Any of those other peanuts could be you, Mr. Peanut. You, you would probably know. recognize Axl Rose without. No, no you two, wouldn't. Yeah, well, I mean. No. I'm talking. I'll show in, you a current picture. You're, you're going to go, what? No, I just saw a current <laughs> picture. That's why I'm making fun of all the fat jokes. Was it the one where he's wearing the cowboy hat? No, he was okay. He was wearing a bunch of uh, handlebar mustache, um, bandana scarves on his head. Oh, and gotcha. So, yeah, anyways, Slash, if he ever wanted to say, what was that thing we talked about? Just like faking your death and dropping off the face oh, of yeah, the yeah. earth. He could easily do it. He wouldn't even have to. He could even hang out with his family still. He could just get a haircut. Yeah. And nobody would <laughs> stop wearing ripped jeans, get yeah. a haircut. 
put yeah. on a hoodie. Throw on a polo shirt, you're done. Like, who's that guy? He's the... <laughs> you ever think of that? I just It just crystallized in my head. If you were, like, one of those hairband, glam band guys, and you wanted to live a normal life today, just get a haircut, wear some khakis, you know? Like, no one will ever recognize you. Yeah. Just dress like a nerd, kind of, or like a preppy, like, no, you know? No, well, there's a couple of them. Axl Rose's face kind of has, like, a bird-like look to it, like, kind of pointy and, I don't yeah, know. Okay. There's, yeah, okay. There's, there's some... He, it's not a, just a normal-looking face. I'm not for good or for bad. Whatever. I think it's just recognizable. You can't recognize Slash. Now, anybody that was in Poison because of all their cal- album covers, they wore so much, like, makeup. You're going to pick Nikki Six out of a crowd? No, I'm not. There you go. No, no, because oh. they wore so much, I see. so much, you know, hair stuff and makeup and spandex and craziness. Gotcha. I wouldn't be able to pick any of those guys out. Steven Tyler, though. Yeah, I, he looks I, like- I think you can... Just look for somebody who looks like your aunt or, or a catcher's <laughs> mat. You seen that? There's a meme going around. It was like, is that Steven Tyler or somebody's drunk aunt? Oh no, I saw it. All that. I'm like, I, yes. Hey, uh, you blowing up? Oh, you yeah, gotta, no, you gotta I, take phone calls. Yeah, a little bit. All right, take your phone call uh, because Ben's getting phone calls. We're gonna wrap up this episode. If you stuck through, oh my God, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Reach out to us at any of the social medias, Crime and Music. Go check out crimeandmusic.com. And write us for a sticker. Brian will mail you a sticker in I'll the mail. I'll send you a sticker. If you ask yeah. me for a sticker and you provide details postage. and postage, <laughs> I'll send you a sticker. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Crime and Music. Uh, stick around though, guys. Uh, uh, we got more stuff coming down the pipe. Enjoy your holiday season not to date the show but any season enjoy summer i don't know (laughs) enjoy your day time's ticking away never trust a big button a smile